0: Now presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Melissa Pierce. Well, good morning and welcome to Generation Church. I'm so excited that you're here today. Uh, We're going to have a great day. Uh, I'm Melissa Pierce. I'm the wife of Pastor Ben. And Pastor Ben is actually out of town this weekend. If you're friends with him on Facebook, you've seen the crazy Navy SEAL training thing that he's doing. Um, He's having a lot of fun. And I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy that he had the opportunity to go. He was invited by someone. And he was only able to go by chance because someone had dropped out of a group of four so it was it is a true blessing to him to be there I'm really glad he got to go because every weekend I sit on the front row and I sit through three services uh, and being subjected to him telling stories about me and without my consent I'm like you didn't practice that where did that come from okay so this is my chance this is my opportunity it's payback time okay in the house today." <laughs> if i could tell you one thing about pastor ben truly it is that he does his best by you he does his best by you in the past six years that he's been leading this church i've watched him do his best by you whether he's working on a on a build out whether he's preparing his message he does right by you he's not perfect but he does his best and I just, I just want to let you know that about the pastor and the leader of this church. You know, I live with him. And I don't he didn't pay me to say this. He didn't give me like a hundred bucks and say, here you go. You know, say something nice about me this weekend. As you know, uh, we have written a devotional called 40 Days with Jesus. The family here has written this devotional, people who serve here, people who lead here, and it has been life-changing. Give me a little whoop-whoop if you're doing 40 Days with Jesus, yeah? If you have not purchased a copy, I encourage you today— Go out to the lobby after the service. Pick up a copy. They're only $5, and we are barely a third of the way through. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I missed it or whatever. Grab a copy. If you've already purchased a copy, grab some for your friends. What a great, inexpensive way to bless someone with God's word and say, hey, this was written by my church. All right, so I was thankful to contribute on day 10. On day 10, I wrote an an entry on heart motives. And it's really based all around Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. In that passage of scripture, it is Jesus' very first public recorded sermon. And the idea behind all of it is this, that our relationship with God is no longer based on a law. It's no longer based on an external set of rules and regulations. Our relationship with God is based on our hearts. And all throughout that passage of scripture, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus constantly references our inside, the inside of us. And I think it's amazing that our relationship with God isn't based on anything else that anybody else can see. I just, I'm, 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 I'm so thankful for this passage of scripture. It has changed my life. It's, 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 it's been such a, a, a guiding point for me. So again, this is Jesus's opener. Matthew chapter five, verses one through 11 is what we're gonna focus on today. This is the opener for Jesus, okay? So this is the first time that he's ever uh, sat down and said, I'm gonna deliver a message to the people of God, to people, anybody who will listen. And he doesn't open up with like, hey, my name is Jesus. Thanks for coming today, really appreciate it. Just wanna, you know, go through a couple of things for you. He doesn't even set it up. He opens his message, he opens his ministry with one word, the very first word is blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. If you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 5, and we'll read through it together. Verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Jesus makes eight statements that are repetitive in nature that mirror one another pretty much. It's just different fill-in-the-blanks at the end. Blessed are the blank. Blessed are the blank. Blessed are the blank. And it's so interesting that Jesus opens up this way because he, he starts out with this word blessed that is not to be discounted, by the way, as an outdated Christianese word that no one's really sure what it means anyway. The word blessed means every word for happy that you can think of. Internal satisfaction, contentment, joy, peace on the inside, happiness. That's what that word blessed means, blessed. And Jesus opens up his ministry with a word about happiness saying, happy are the blank. Why? Jesus knew that, that the human condition would always be searching for something to soothe them on the inside. Jesus knew that, that we need soul medication. We need happiness. We need peace. We need joy. We need, we need this. And, and we're constantly doing whatever we can do to, to, to fix what ails us. He said, blessed, happy, deeply satisfied from the inside are the people whose behaviors agree with my teaching and originate from their heart. Every single one of us have been in a place where we have been so discontent. Last summer, Ben and I were on a trip. We were going to a function for pastors And we got there like midday, and the thing didn't start till like 7 o'clock in the evening. And so I had a few hours where I didn't have a whole lot to do. And I was in a hotel room that was about 150 square feet, and Ben's content. He's like sitting on the couch, you know, like sending out a million emails to everyone, coming up with crazy plans. And I am like in a bad place. I, I, I am a hot mess. Okay. I am discontent. Like I've never been discontent. I mean, I am angry. I am uncomfortable. I am like pacing all over the room. I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go work out. Okay. Okay. Go work out. After I work out, I'm going to go over to target. I'm going to like buy some stuff. And then I'm going to go to Panera. I'm going to eat a lot of bread. And then I'm going to just like, I was, I was, I was so angry and I didn't even know why there was nothing wrong. Nothing, nothing had happened, nothing. There was no circumstance that was affecting my soul. I was frantic. In that moment, I can remember wanting to do anything, anything that I could do to to soothe it, to numb the pain of the discontentment that I felt. So I just started to ask myself, what's wrong with you? Why do you feel this way? What's going on? And after some soul searching, I realized I didn't want to go to the function that was that night. So, okay, why don't you want to go to the function? And I realized I didn't think I needed what they had to offer. I was full of pride. Thought I was better than them. Thought, I don't need this. I don't need to go here. I don't, I don't need what they have. That was wrong. See, the misery that I was experiencing was so much greater. It was so overwhelming that I couldn't even see the pride in my own heart. The pride was disguised by the misery. See, the issues of our heart create an exponential result of the feelings and the state that we're in. That's why Jesus said, blessed are the blank." Because he said your state is directly tied to the issues of your heart. And it creates an exponential result. So if my misery can be an exponential result of my pride, then what if I did what Jesus told me? What would would be the exponential blessing that he has for me? See, the good news is this. In Matthew chapter five, verses one through 10, Jesus taught us that better hearts equal better lives. Not that better hearts equal better circumstances. Not that better hearts equal better jobs. Not that better hearts equal better situations. That better hearts equal better lives. In Matthew chapter five, verse three, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven what does poor in spirit even mean? Okay. We had to define blessed. Let's define poor in spirit now. I didn't know. Does it mean poor? Does it mean like a loser? Like what does it mean? I don't, I do not know. Poor in spirit means this. I recognize my total need for God and my dependence on him. I cannot do it without him. I cannot do this life without him. That's the starting point. Blessed are those happy, satisfied, just deeply settled on the inside, are those who recognize their need for God. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He's saying, Blessed are the humble, blessed are the people who um, are willing to demonstrate humility toward others. Why? Because I, I get it all from God anyway. I can't do it on my own anyway. When we're humble, when we, when we bring ourselves low, when we submit ourselves to God and others, we don't lose what we've got. It doesn't lessen anything that I have. It just gives me, it just, it, it just I show my need for God and I show my need for others get to keep my job i get to keep my life i get to i don't i don't have to lose those things it's a it's a state of myself on the inside it's a it's a it's a place on the inside where i'm i'm seated i'm sitting down jesus says in matthew chapter 5 7 blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy jesus is saying you are happier when you forgive you are more, you, are, you when you're not keeping a record of wrong, of the people who, are, who have done something to you, you're happier, it's better for you, believe me. But what's the reality for many of us? And I'll just say me today, okay? What's the reality for me? Matthew chapter five three, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. I say, yeah, you, you know, we're working on this and I'm trusting God, but sometimes... I'm full of fear. I say I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God on the outside. I'm doing all the right things on the outside. But on the inside, I'm making my own plans. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find my own way. I'm trying to scrape it together. I'm trying to find a way. Because what if, what if the reality for me sometimes, blessed are the meek, the the, the, the humble. Oh, I'm humble on the outside. Oh, yes, no, you, you go, no, you go ahead, you. But in the inside, I'm like, I can't believe that. They should have asked me. Why didn't they, they should have, if they had just asked me, okay? That's the reality for me. Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, the forgiving. We forgive on the upfront, like in the store. When people bump into me, I'm like, oh, oh, it's okay. Or whatever. I'm like, somebody does something to you in life. We're like, it's okay. It's okay. No big deal. Okay. No big deal. It's fine. It's fine. No big deal. NBD. NBD. No big deal. Okay. It's all right. Don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. But on the inside, I'm angry. I remember. I didn't forget. I know. That's the reality for many of us. And Jesus is calling us to flip it around. He's calling us to flip it around and and to be humble from the inside first before we're ever humble on the outside, to be forgiving on the inside first, to be dependent on him on the inside first. There's an implied truth in the eight statements that Jesus makes. And it is this. See, I didn't start off humble, right? I didn't start off that way. I didn't start off forgiving, right? But it doesn't mean I, have to, I can't finish that way. And the, the difference maker for us, the where, where we can go from point A to point B, where we can change, where we can, um, uh, where we can receive the blessing that he has for us is through obedience. The concept of obedience is, is lost on most people 18 and over okay? We don't, that's not for us. That's for people from zero to 18 years old. They have to obey their parents. You know, for us, you know, okay, I'll obey the speed limit. I'll obey the law. I'll I'll obey those things. But but other people? (laughs) No. (laughs) Obey you? Like, what does that even mean? Obedience is a willingness to adjust. And it is the evidence of his lordship in our life. It is the evidence. It is the way we demonstrate that we believe that he has authority in our life. Obedience is hard, but it's necessary. And it's worth it. It's worth it. You might say, okay, Melissa, well, this is good, okay, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this, but what do I do? How do I do this? Well, I have three things that I have done in, over the course of my life that, that, I, that have helped me tremendously. You don't have to do it, but it is something that has helped me uh, flip the, um, the story of my life around. Instead of being an outside Christian, an outside believer where everything on the outside looks right, I started on the inside first. When everything's right on the outside and a lot is wrong on the inside, we're putting on a show. And people know the difference. What if people said about you, wow, what a genuine person. I just, I know it, I sense it. It's like what they say is what they are. This world is looking for the real thing. This world is desperate for the real thing. And if they could encounter you where there is agreement between your heart and your life, whoa! One of the biggest things that I do is Psalm 139, 23. I say, search me, O oh God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, that right there is a dangerous prayer. You gotta be real serious about this if you start praying that because Jesus will start bringing stuff up and your friends will start saying like, hey, I noticed this. And you're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, (laughs) nope, that's not me. But you just prayed, search me, God. This is what it sounds like for me. I'm just going to let you into my life. God, search me to the furthest corners of my heart. Don't let any part of me on the inside be hidden from you. I give you all access, all access. Show me, help me. Let me see clearly, God. That's what I pray. And he does. Ben's like, you need to work on this. And I'm like, thank you, God. You're searching me. You're searching me or God in my prayer time will show me things and, and I have to be willing to do something about it. You can't pray a prayer like that and not be willing to do something about it. So now that I prayed this prayer, Jesus is revealing things to me. It's kind of stormy right now because it will get stormy when you ask the Lord to search you. You were in for a little bit of a rough ride because you got some stuff in there that you need to confront. So what do I do then? I have to be somebody that loves correction. Proverbs 3 verses 11 and 12 says, to do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor to test his correction for whom the Lord loves, he corrects. I love Mexican food, okay? All right, I'm going to admit it. I love Mexican food. I could eat it six days a week. I make salsa. I I love it. I just, anything I can make that's Mexican. I have developed an appetite for Mexican food, an appetite. I like it, okay? I can do the same thing with God's correction. I can develop an appetite for his correction. I can develop an appetite for it. I can say, search me, and guess what? I'm going to love what you tell me, and I'm going to do something about it. Seven days a week, I'm going to love it. Seven days a week, I'm going to eat it. Seven days a week, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to reject it. I'm not going to despise it. Search me, and I will, I will hear you. I will love what you have to say. The last thing, the last thing that I try to do is embrace contentment. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6.6, 6, it says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And contentment is great gain. See, everything in your life may not be what you want it to be. It may not be where you want it to be. You might feel like, I should be further along in life now. I, should, I shouldn't have done that. I made this mistake. I, 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 I just, oh, why did I do that? But no matter where you are, in your life, you can embrace contentment. You can choose it. See the blessing that Jesus talks about way back in Matthew chapter five: "Blessed are the blank." That is something you receive. Contentment is something you can choose. Last summer, when I uh, last summer when I was having my fit and I was just just so upset and could not figure out what was wrong with me and went through the journey of realizing where my own heart was, I decided I'm gonna be content. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be in this place. I am gonna choose contentment. And you know something that I learned in that moment, in that time, in that hotel room where I was just so desperate, so, so, overwhelmed by just angst I learned that contentment is like 2020 vision for the present it's not in the Bible okay everybody always says this world will tell you that hindsight it's 2020 you can only we have the ability as humans only to look backwards to see clearly We embrace contentment godliness with contentment is great gain that is in the Bible that when I when I take that on when I say heart you're gonna line up with what he says and you're gonna be content in this moment all of a sudden you can see clearly I can see the reality of my situation Nothing was wrong with me that day. I could breathe. Ben was breathing. Everything was all right. Everything was going to be all right. Contentment, it's 2020. It helps you see this moment clearly. It's great gain to you. I said a little bit earlier, the blessing, the happiness, the internal satisfaction, the rich joy that Jesus promises in Matthew chapter 5 cannot be produced, cannot be created. You know, Disney is the happiest place on earth. People go there, they spend thousands of dollars, they save for a really long time to take their families to the happiest place on earth. But then they have to leave. Happiness is temporary. The blessing that Jesus talks about is long lasting. If you would, close your eyes. You might be here today and you say, Melissa. You know, that's me. I heard, I heard myself in that message, and I want to make some changes. I want to do some, something different. I want to start over in my relationship with God. I didn't even know some of those things. You know, the blessing that comes when... Uh, When our hearts are in obedience and agreement with God, with Jesus's teaching, you get to be yourself. You don't have two people going on anymore. You never have to worry if your face is registering the angry feelings that you have. It's liberating. It's freeing. That's you today. I want to pray for you. I want you to begin a journey where you start with your heart. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand let me know that it's you so I can pray for you? person in this room that would say it's me it's me at times my misery has overwhelmed me and I can't even see myself clearly I can't even see my own issues father I pray for us that we would be people that would do what you say that would give you access to our hearts that we would allow you to search us that we would love your correction, God, and be people of contentment. I ask that you would empower these people, that you would give them wisdom, that truth would reign in their hearts, God. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is the great truth teller, that is the one that leads us and guides us into truth. I thank you that you're doing what you're here to do, Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you say, that all sounds good to me, but I've never taken the first step to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life, I want to pray with you. This congregation wants to pray with you. I can tell you that the internal satisfaction that comes from following and serving Jesus is incredible, so fulfilling. It's like nothing I've ever experienced there's nothing on this earth that compares to it if that would if that's you would you just let me know by putting your hand over your heart this congregation wants to pray with you thank you one more moment if you just want jesus to be the lord of your life either slip up your hand look up at me Put your hand over your heart. I see your hand. I see you. Let's all pray this together. Father God, we thank you for Jesus who came to this earth to die for my sins. I ask you to forgive me to give me a new start, an eternal life with you. Teach me what I need to know. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we welcome the people who gave their life to Jesus Christ?